Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Imogen is also a website designer. And um, in this uh, podcast, in, uh, Imogen's going to actually is going to interview me. And the topic is going to be some new thoughts about gravity and how um, how it relates to the other forces that operate on us and what are some Alexander tech, some possible Alexander technique implications about that um, that relationship between gravity and the other forces of nature. So Imogen, I'm going to turn it over to you to conduct well, the interview. <laughs> Well, thank you, Robert. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. Um, but let's just start with the basic question of a simple definition of the Alexander Technique. What is the Alexander Technique? Well, I think um, particularly for the topic that we're going to be covering today, a useful way to think about it is it's a way of learning how t to use our physical mechanism ourselves in the best way possible uh, and in particular the best way possible for us who are more or less most of the time confined to the surface of our planet and have to deal with various forces that operate on us and how can we make the best use of those forces to enhance our um, well-being okay very good so right to the main feature so to speak so what is it about gravity that you'd like to talk about today that's different from what we've talked about before right well and, and I, I I think to do that I'm going to need to very briefly discuss the other uh, three uh, fundamental forces, the, the, um, as well as gravity. There are only four fundamental forces in the universe. And when you think about it, that's a pretty small number. And one of those forces, and its, its name is the weak force, is, re, is uh, responsible for radioactive decay. And it's very has a very short range, and it's very weak, and it really doesn't have much to do with us. So we can get rid of that one. Okay, just ignore right. that. We're going to yeah. ignore that. So really, there are only three forces, three fundamental forces that we deal with. There are lots of other forces we deal with, but they are combinations or the result of those fundamental ones. Okay. So the strongest force is called the strong interaction, or sometimes it's called the strong force. It's very strong, but it's also very short-ranged. Its range is in the neighborhood of maybe five or six inches. Okay. And it's what holds the nuclei of atoms together. Most of the time, it's attractive, but it occasionally can be repulsive. That is... Part, things could push yeah. other things away. That's the strong force. And we've talked a lot about the implications of that 
uh, for us. It's uh, in terms of the surface of the earth pushing up against us and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, in previous podcasts. Right, right. Uh, the next force is called the electromagnetic force. Oh. And okay. it causes electric and magnetic effects. Um, it is what allows, for example, the heat of the sun to travel through the vacuum of space and get to us. So it's pretty important. It also is... Um, the kind of force you get with magnets, for example, uh, radio waves, things like that. Uh, it's a very long-ranged force, but it is way, way, way big, weaker than the strong force. It can be attractive or repulsive, and it only acts between pieces of matter carrying an electrical charge. And that's its properties. That we've not from. really talked about that one. Is that significant? We have talked about Earth? it a bit. It has, um, obviously, it has huge impact on our climate and so on. Sure, um, I, I kind of meant from an Alexander yeah. point of view of how we're managing ourselves yeah. in our world. Yeah, and it, it affects the uh, atmospheric pressure that we're involved in, uh, that we have to live in. Um, so it has influences on us. A light, for example, certainly you know influences us. Um, yeah, it it influences us, but um, it it is a much weaker force than the strong force. That's the big point I want to make here. Okay. And then the gravit. Then we come to the third force, the gravitational force. Mm-hmm. Now. In the, in the past, um, I've emphasized that it's very weak. It's also very long-ranged. In fact, it has pretty much an infinite range. Um, it is always attractive, and it acts between any two pieces of the matter, of, of pieces of matter in the universe, any two. So most physicists would argue that gravity is the, plays the most important role in our world. It's more important than the other three forces, or two that we're okay. considering. Here. So even though it's weak, even though it's, it's so weak. long range and so right. and affects every single thing in the universe from the sound of it. Yeah. Right. It, it is, uh, it, and, and I want to, in a moment, I, well, I'd like to talk about that weakness, that weakness is extraordinarily weak. Um, it is um, thousands and thousands of times weaker than even the electromagnetic force, which is already pretty weak. And here's a way to uh, get some sense of of the strength, the relative strength of the gravitational force versus the others. Here's a little exper- a little experiment you could do. It could be a thought experiment, or you could actually do it. Put a little piece of metal on the surface of a desk, and get a tiny, a little magnet, a little toy magnet, um, and that magnet can draw say it's a paper clip, for example, mm-hmm. can just draw it straight up to the magnet. Now, that might not seem like a very extraordinary thing, and it's the kind of thing we would all expect, 
But bear in mind that that little tiny magnet is overcoming the gravitational pull on that mm. paper clip from the entire Earth. The entire <laughs> Earth can its pull on a, on a small object like that can be easily overcome by a magnet which itself has a pretty weak force in the grand scheme of things. Okay, okay, yeah. Or another little thought experiment, um, the magnet one some other, some physicists thought up, I thought was pretty good. But here's another one. Um, if I were standing next to you on the surface of the earth, Mm-hmm. I could probably lift you off the ground, right? <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> probably. Yes. Well, and that means that somehow I could muster the um, uh, biomechanical energy and force to overcome gravity's pull on from the entire Earth on you. In other words, it, it, it again illustrates just how weak gravity is compared to other so stuff. As, so as I sit here and I pick up my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're that over. Other, that's exactly this. That's right. You I'm are overcoming, overcoming that not just overcoming gravity. I mean, you're overcoming the, the gravity that's coming from this huge object next door to us, the Earth. On the cup. and I'm, Yeah. And you just overcame it. Hardly thinking about it. Right. I'm. Now, that doesn't mean that gravity doesn't have some pretty profound effects. Um, well, if it was any stronger, it wouldn't be of any use to us at all, right? Because it would be... Well, if, if, it, were, if it were slightly weaker or slightly stronger, either way, our, we would cease to exist quite quickly. So, even though it's very, very weak, it's at the absolute perfect. It's perfect for us. Yeah, uh, yes. perfect. Yeah. And um, it's and if um, the fact that it's very weak does not mean that it doesn't have huge effects. So, for example, we would not have an atmosphere without gravity. Right now. Um, so the fact that it's weak, there it's strong enough for mm-hmm. a planet of a sufficient size and whatever other things have to go into that to actually have a grav uh, an atmosphere. So no gravity, no atmosphere, no life really. Mm-hmm. So it's also, again, although it's in unbelievably weak. Because there are large objects around us, like, for example, the moon, the mm-hmm. moon affects the movement of the moon affects tides on our planet. Right. The, the sun, of course, is also an object that's relatively close to us, and it affects our orbit around the sun, and even other planets' movements affect us a bit through gravity. So it's weak, but when you're dealing with very large objects, it actually has quite uh, quite an effect. Right. Okay. Now, <laughs> if we look at that range of strength from the hard force to the strong force to gravity, 
and gravity is just so much weaker than even the intermediate one, electromagnetic force. If we changed uh, the terminology, and instead of calling it weak, we just called it soft. Mm-hmm. Um, this It seems as though our the system that we are living in is a system where um, a soft force actually is the most important force and and can have the biggest effect on things. Mm, okay. So um, I, I've been thinking about that a lot, and especially when I learned just how much weaker gravity was than even the weak force of of electromagnetic radiation, electromagnetic mm-hmm. force. And it seems to me that that if that's the kind of underlying principle of the universe in which we exist, that could explain, or perhaps it's a template, for how our bodies are organized. That is, okay. you can, there are different things you can do with your body. You could do big, heavy-duty muscle things like, you know, chopping wood or running or jumping or lifting lifting, lifting heavy objects. Mm-hmm. Or you could do the most subtle redirection of your thinking, which is a very, very weak force in terms of its effect on your musculature. It, there is an effect, but it is... Mm-hmm. It, it's It's way softer or weaker than any, almost any physical activity would be. And yet, we as Alexander Technique teachers have the experience uh, that directions, prop, good good directions, properly applied directions, can have a much more powerful impact on, let's, let's say, improving our coordination and balance and that's things like that than physical exercises might. Now, it doesn't mean that physical exercises are bad or useless, but gravity, I mean, um, mental directions, and in a way, the softer they are, the better they work, seem to have a very profound influence on our physicality. Yes, well, I absolutely agree with that. And, and I think, <laughs> yeah. and I think the reason is, is that yes, gravity is just unbelievably weak compared to, or soft, if you like, compared mm-hmm. to the other forces. But it has two properties that give it an edge. One is it's constant; it's always attractive, always. Um, between any two objects anywhere in the universe. Okay. It can ne- it's never repulsive and it extends indefinitely, um, which makes it universal. It applies to any object any distance away from us. So consistency and universality a combination that doesn't exist with the other forces hmm. strong force way stronger but very short range 
-hmm. And while it's mostly attractive, sometimes not. Electromagnetic, way weaker but way, than the strong force, but way stronger than gravity. Could be attractive, could be repulsive. It does have a long range. But only gravity has always attractive and more or less infinite range of action. Mm -hmm. And I would say that directions, if they are delivered well, are consistent and universal, just like gravity is in, in us. Now, it's, it's, it's not... This is... Um, this is not a scientific statement that I'm making so much <laughs> uh -huh. as just a thought that, you know, if the system we're in is seems to be organized around a principle that's soft but consistent and universal is more important than hard or strong but limited and not so consistent, mm. then Alexander Directions... Um, and especially the newer ones, I would say, freedom directions, negative directions, um, are exactly what would be the analogy or the uh, to gravity in terms of its they how they affect us compared to how gravity affects everything. There's my but, that's my that's my idea. Yeah, I I get I like it. I'm th I'm thinking about it. Um, um, I, I'm just thinking about the consistency question because mm -hmm. couldn't there be? I am not the same in every moment, so the way I um, respond to a direction is not the same in every moment. Absolutely, but the but if the direction is consist is is uh, consistent, it doesn't mean you necessarily always respond the same way to it. But the mm -hmm. actual intent of a well thought out Alexander direction um, is is the same whether you apply it today or tomorrow. The intent is the same. The, the message is the same. Okay. How that message gets, gets acted upon by your body, that's a very in-the-moment kind of thing. So if I, say, sure. if I say to myself, so just use freedom directions as an mm -hmm. example, but uh, so... Uh, very simple freedom direction would be I'm free. If you prefer negative directions, I'm not compressing myself would be a good one. Um, that if the, if I'm using that direction, when I use it, my body, my theory of how things work is my body says, okay, we know how to implement that. You've given us the the big picture uh, intent that you want, and we will. We will do what we can to bring that about right now, given the current situation. But the current situation, in a minute later, will be different. But but okay. the but the message is the same. Hmm. The message is the same. Gravity is the same. If you are uh, if you trip and fall over on your face, you're going to hit the the earth with some <laughs> force. That's gravity, you know. Mm -hmm. to, uh, at work 
um, but gravity's equally at work, resisting you lifting your teacup up a little bit. It's the same message, different situation. Hmm. That's nice. I I need to think about it a little bit more. I mean, as you know, Robert, this is the first I've... I deliberately I've... withheld uh, uh, <laughs> all information yeah. from you. And and I, because as, as we talked about before the podcast, I really was wanting to get your, you know, spontaneous reaction to it. But, yeah. but it, more generally, for anyone listening to this podcast... I would be very interested in your take on 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 this idea. Um, I think I'm thinking of in particular about freedom directions, which is my um, preference in the way I direct mostly. Right. Days. Yep. But what I like about them is that if I think I am free to walk, mm-hmm. which. Um, that also implies I'm free to not walk. I'm free to walk any way I want to walk. I'm free to walk in my habit or walk not in my habit. Mm-hmm. It's got this free will aspect to it, which seems to be not a very, when we're talking about intention, mm-hmm. my intention is just to, so I guess the intention is the same. I'm. You can probably hear me processing as I'm. <laughs> Well, when you say when you say I'm free to walk, that is possibly slightly different than just saying I'm free as you're walking. But if you're using the same Even wording, that I'm free. So just taking it right to the very, I guess, the very basic. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I am free. Um, it doesn't change. I mean, the message doesn't change. I am free to be any way I am in this moment. Okay, well, then you're adding a I little mean, that, addendum to it, which might influence kind of I, it. That's it, what I'm thinking I am free means. I am free in any way in this. But I see, I would say that if you're using a direction like I'm free, uh, you may think of it in a certain way. You may think it means something, but if you just put out the thought, I'm free, you've kind of abandoned yourself to that thought, to that intention. Now, you may subtly modify it by adding things like, I'm free to walk or whatever, and and that will probably change how your body responds to it in some way. Usually... Invariably does. Right. So, exactly. But, but but not in exactly as I was saying before, but not necessarily in exactly the same way. But you. No, you because know, we, we it, talked about that, and yeah. that would be the same. Right. Okay. And, Very interesting indeed, Robert. So, <laughs> a lot of food for thought. So that's yeah. that's the basic uh, topic, and I I would love to hear from. We'll put. Um, Link to your site. Link to to uh, one of my to my site. You can contact us. Contact me. Contact Imogen if you prefer. And if you have, you, que- if you want a physics question, please contact Robert. <laughs> right, right. But it, you know, it, as I say, it's 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 uh, a, it's an analogy, perhaps that I'm putting forward. Right. Yes. But I don't think it's a crazy analogy. You know, no. I'll just end with a tiny 
little thing from the field of physics itself that okay. might be a model for this. Um, this is getting slightly technical, but in the 1920s, there was a guy studying physics at the University of Paris. He was a doctoral student. And he wrote a thesis that were basically what he did is take a formula from one branch of physics and just say it applies to a totally different one. That's, that's what he did. And it was a very short thesis. And the, the, the people on the faculty had no idea what to make of it. So they, they thought the best thing to do was send it to Einstein and see what he had to say. Uh-huh. And Einstein got it and wrote back to him and said, give the guy his degree. And the guy went on to be very famous. And it turned out, his name was de Broglie, and it turned out that he was right in making this leap. But years later, after Einstein died, they found the thesis. And in those days, a thesis was uh, in a form where you had to actually cut it open to read it. Uh, old-fashioned kind of way of... Uh-huh. and But on the front page, there was a paragraph summary of it. And that's all that Einstein ever read. It was unopened. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was this leap of... It, it, there was no logic to the leap, really. Mm-hmm. It was just, I'm just going to say this, and, it, and, and I believe it works. And it mm-hmm. did work in that case. It did. So I'm oh, not saying I'm not saying I'm another De Broglie, but it's <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that fit, it's not that uncommon in physics. So it's not totally crazy. Anyway, that's okay. that's all I got to say. Very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> You're most welcome. And uh, my my interviewer and guest today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher and website designer in Wilmington, Delaware. We'll put a, I'll put a link to her site uh, by the interview, and I'll also put a link to a site that will tell you more about the Alexander Technique and also a link to a page of all the previous interviews in this series. So if you want to learn more about the forces of nature and how they impact us, uh, in more detail, the earlier podcasts go into that in a lot of a lot of detail. So, Imogen, thanks so much for this. Thank you.